Old Testament, and today's one comes from a wonderful passage in the book of Exodus, chapter 17. So if you want to follow along, uh, you can open your church Bibles, or the words will be on the screen. Exodus chapter 17, I'm going to read from verse um, 8, and the title uh, of the Lord that we're thinking about today is um, Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Nissi, which you'll see comes up in verse 16. Uh, which means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. Let's pray as we come to God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the joy of meeting in your name. And Lord, uh, as we come to your word this morning, you know exactly where we are. You know exactly where our hearts are, our minds, our souls, our spirits. And you know everything about us. So we pray, O oh Lord, you would speak. Speak to where we are. Call us forward in faith. Call us to meet with your son, Jesus, through your word and through the sacrament this morning of communion. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was uh, growing up, and to be honest, still to, to this day, I always enjoy stories or novels that have lots of battles in them. So whenever I'm going on holiday and I choose my uh, holiday read, it's always got to be something with soldiers and warriors and battles in it. I don't know what that says about me, but uh, I enjoy those kinds of books. And growing up, I liked um, board games and different games where you might have an army of some kind and you battle against... Uh, another army and you're using strategy and wisdom to know how to uh, win the game uh, maybe and therefore over the years of reading all these books and playing all these games I like to think I've learned a thing or two 
about how war works and how battles work and how you might go about winning a battle. For example, if you have a bigger army than the other person, you tend to win. Not always, but tend to win. You need to have better trained soldiers. You need to sometimes take the higher ground is a better defensive position than if you're on lower ground. Or you need to make sure you know where your strong part of your army is and where your weak part of your army is. And you need to hide from the enemy your weaknesses. Um, you need to make sure you're not outmaneuvered. So you've got to check your edges in case an army comes round and encircles you. And you need to check that you've got enough resources and reserves to outlast the enemy. Those are just some things that you learn that would help you in case you're ever out on the battlefield uh, tomorrow or you find yourself in that kind of situation. There you go. I think I'd make another, a good general in another life, maybe. However, when it comes to the Bible and battles in the Bible, none of that seems to apply at all to whether the people of God win a victory or lose. None of that. In fact, the Lord's strategy at times looks completely bizarre and counterintuitive often. Sometimes he takes the weakest army and wins against a mighty one. Sometimes he gets people to walk around a wall seven times and suddenly the victory is all theirs because the walls collapse. And they just blew trumpets. You know that story, Jericho? And here in this story, as the people of God are leaving Egypt through the miraculous, the miracles of the plagues and the Red Sea, and they're journeying through the desert to the promised land, they are attacked along the way by the Amalekites. Anyone know the history of the Amalekites? Neither did I, so that's okay. I had to. The Amal Amalek is the great grandson or re relative of. Esau, Esau, and Esau was a brother of Jacob, and if you know anything about those two brothers, they had a bit of a rivalry, didn't they? Jacob stole the blessing uh, from Esau, his brother, so history kind of repeats itself, and the Amalekites are still a bit angry about it. They want the promised land, not the Israelites, so they get attacked by the Amalekites, and the Lord doesn't say, right, okay, this is how I want you to lay out your units. This is where you put your strongest soldiers. Make sure you take the higher ground, all this sort of thing. What, what is the Lord's strategy here? It is, Moses, you go up with two of your friends onto a hillside, and as long as you can hold your arms up, you're going to win. And if you get tired and they start to droop, you're going to lose. Can you imagine if you went to, I don't know, a brigadier now in the British Army and said, that's your battle strategy for today, they'd laugh at you. And yet this is what the Lord commanded. I don't know what Moses made of that, and I'm sure he'd been down the gym enough to keep his arms up for a good 20 minutes or something. It's quite difficult if you ever tried it. And of course Moses needs help, doesn't he? Because he can't keep his arms up for long enough. So Aaron and her... Uh, come and hold and prop up his arms. So as long as his arms are up, Joshua and the army down there start to win. And when his arms droop down, they begin to lose. What is all that about? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to think about it. Okay. Well, life, as uh, Faye opened up the service, 
can be like a battle from time to time, can't it? Faye talks about blessings and battles, and we don't know which you've had this week, but many of us will have gone through battles in life. Life can feel at times that you're being opposed and that the enemy or life is overwhelming or outmaneuvering you or you're getting particularly attacked at your weak points and sometimes you are using battle strategies to try and not let your defenses crumble in life. We do it all the time. We try and shore up our resources and our reserves so we've got enough to face the battles in life. We try to hide our weaknesses from others and present our strengths so that we don't get exploited or taken advantage of or embarrassed. We try to use all kinds of tactics and strategies to ensure that we're not outmaneuvered and that we're staying on top of things. But if you're anything like me, from time to time, it can feel like the front line is crumbling under the pressure. And actually, at times in life, when our weak points are pressed, if you know anything about battles, when something gives way in your front line, you're almost routed And you start to flee and everything starts to crumble and you just retreat as fast as possible. I don't know if you've been in that situation in life. So what though, if it is the case that the enemy does overwhelm us in life? What do we do then? This can be the worst of times in life when Our lines crumble, the army flees, everything is abandoned, and we feel like we're just getting crushed. This can happen uh, in many different ways in our lives. Let me just mention a few, because maybe you've experienced some of these recently. Perhaps you have in your life one or two serious weaknesses that you've tried to keep hidden from others and the world, but you keep repeating them. And from time to time, they occur. These weaknesses cause you to have a stumble, a sin, something that is quite shameful, maybe even something that eventually gets found out and the enemy exposes it. It can result in relationship loss, humiliation at work, or it could mean you have to face really hard consequences for the mistakes you've made. Or perhaps in a different example, um, you're finding that you don't quite make the grade, you're not quite strong enough in life to get the things you want. For example, you always seem to come second, whether it's in terms of a job you want, or you always miss out on something, a good opportunity in life because you don't feel you're strong enough. Or maybe it's simply because you've just run out of reserves. Just the day-to-day grind of life and the daily battles have worn you down and eventually it just feels like the whole thing is collapsing. Everything feels overwhelming. Or maybe even tragically, 
life hits you with something really hard that's out of your control entirely, a car accident, an injury, someone has done something terrible to you that was out of your control, and again, you feel like the enemy in life has completely routed you. And so when we face life like that as a battle, we do our best to be strong, to hide our faults, or even hit back harder. The thing is, though, in this story, and many battles in the Bible, when Israel fought like that to try and overwhelm the enemy with pure strength, they always lost. They almost always lost. When they trusted in the tactics of the world to overcome enemies, they almost always lost. Sooner or later, and this is the truth I think we need to learn today, or one of the truths, sooner or later, our weaknesses and our sins will find us out. They will. If you think you're going to get through life winning every battle and hiding every problem you have, you won't. Sins and weaknesses will find us out, and there will be times where you're routed by the enemy. The enemy does know your weaknesses. And you will be attacked. Life will throw opposition that will be too much. Your own resources will at times crumble. And you will find sin ever present, ready to take you down. Okay, but there is some good news. (laughs) Having life crumble is not necessarily the worst thing that can happen to you. In fact, it could be the turning point of the battle in your life. Why do I say that? Because Jehovah Nissi. Because Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. What does that mean that the Lord is the banner of the Israelites in this battle? Well, it was Moses standing on a hillside for all the army to see, to see Moses standing on a hillside with his arms lifted up and he's holding a staff, a piece of wood like this. I imagine it's like this, just above his head, like that. He's holding this staff like this, and he's got Aaron and her helping him. And when the people are feeling in the battle that the enemy's too much, they are to look up and see Moses holding the staff. They're to see that banner, the banner of the Lord. And when they look up and see that, the battle turns That's what it was for the Israelites in that story, but what is it for us today? What is the banner of the Lord today? It is the cross. It is to see on another hill, a hill called Calvary, where the Lord Jesus held up his arms on a piece of wood as a banner for all the world to see. And that when anyone looks to that banner, they find all their weaknesses handled. 
They see all the difficulties of life and the, crumble, the, the crumbling of our lives transformed. How does that work? What does a banner do? Let's just think about banner. In fact, it was great actually watching the children this morning waving their banners, and I thought, maybe I'll use that as a prop, but then I thought I'd look silly waving a flag. <laughs> maybe not. A banner does two things. That Maybe it does more, but here's the two I want to bring to your attention. Number one, it reminds the army where the commander or king is. Okay, and if you're in an army, armies carry banners, it tells the soldiers when they're in the thick of battle, they look to see where the banner of their commander or their captain or their king is. And they can rally to it. You imagine that for a moment, you're just in free fall in life and you don't know which way is up and which way is down and you're being attacked from all sides and you look for the banner and you see it and you run towards it, you rally towards it, you gather round your captain or your king because he is the rallying point. Let me turn to Isaiah chapter 11 for you. Let me read verses 10 to 13. Isaiah 11, 10 to 13. In that day, the root of Jesse, that's Christ, Jesus. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from all the islands of the Mediterranean. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy will vanish and Judah's enemies will be destroyed. Isn't that amazing? That when people, all the nations, look to Jesus on the cross, it is like a banner that you can rally to from wherever you are lost in life, scattered across the world, he will rally you together. The second thing a banner does, it means that the commander of that army has not yet fallen and he is still on your side I find that so encouraging that when you're being routed or the Israelites are being routed and they see Moses still lifting up his arms they know that he has not yet fallen the enemy has not yet won the bigger battle and that he is still on your side what a great truth that is. To know that no matter how defeated you feel, you can look to Jesus on the cross and know that he is not yet defeated. The enemy threw absolutely everything he could at Jesus. And even then it was looking touch and go for Jesus, wasn't it? But he overcame. He was not destroyed. Death could not fell Jesus. And when you see that banner, you know he's still on your side. 
He's still on your side. See, the enemy knows our weaknesses. He really does. And he will try to expose them, ridicule them, exploit them. But what if God also knows our weaknesses too? What if God knows our weaknesses? What if we openly confess about our weaknesses and not rely on our own strength? What if God says to us, I know your weaknesses, I know your sins, but I've still got your back. I'll still raise a banner for you. I won't abandon you. As your captain, I won't retreat from you. I won't let the line collapse. I'm not ashamed of you. In fact, as the one who carries your banner, I'm happy to run towards you, to rally around you, to represent you, and to be your banner. So if even the world forsakes you, I will not, says the Lord. Jesus on the cross is in the thick of the battle for us, yet he is not overwhelmed. Imagine for a moment, imagine for a moment uh, maybe a a famous um, sportsman, a, a mega famous footballer, for example, who is known by everyone around the world. Okay, can you picture that in your mind? And they've got the best team behind them. And they've got all the best sponsors. And they are like the hero of their nation. And all of that. Can you imagine that for a moment? Then imagine that that sports personality gets found out for an incredible weakness or sin. And it's all exposed for the world to see. Can you imagine that for a moment? How quickly do you think the sponsors that sponsor them on their t-shirts and shirts would abandon them. How quickly? A day? A week? How quickly would their nation suddenly turn on them? How quickly would even their friends no longer tweet about them well? How long before they have to just retreat into their home and hide away from all the press and all of it? Can you imagine that scenario? Now let me ask you another question. When they've lost everything in that way, would Jesus still allow them to wear a cross around their neck? Could that person still be able to say, there's one banner, there's one banner I can still wear when everyone else is ashamed and abandoned me? I like to think Jesus would say, if you turn to me, you can wear my banner. And I will make sure you do not crumble. I will be there for you when the world has abandoned you. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. That is the gospel. That is the good news. The banner of the cross is how God will draw all people to himself. He will rally all the least, the last, and the lost. He will raise a standard and say to all who are weak and sinful, I will make a standard for you. 
Jesus said in John 12, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Therefore, though the world rage and the devil bears his teeth, Jesus says, I'll be your banner. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that your cross is a banner that we can all wear, that we can all rally to. It reminds us that you are still victorious, that the King still stands, and that you are still on our side. So, Father, I pray for those of us this morning who are feeling totally overwhelmed and defeated by the battles of life. May we catch a glimpse of the cross of Calvary. By faith, see Lord, Lord Jesus looking straight at us in the thick of battle, saying, I've got you. Rally to me. I am your captain, your commander, your king and friend. And I will never forsake you. And then, Lord, help us to give up the ways of the world. To fight the battles as if we have the resources to do so. May we be open about our weaknesses and not ashamed anymore of who we are. Because you are not. And then may we be set free from our sins and the power of guilt to be forgiven children of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to share.